Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Muriwa Gavaza, and for today, we get into the state of uh, the economy and uh, what uh, we could be expecting in uh, the next uh, 12 or so months. It is the start of the year. Uh, Last year, we got into some of the tax administration laws uh, that are being amended, but for today, we are looking out into the macroeconomic picture. Uh, What should uh, businesses be? you know cognizant of as we march into 2024 and also um given the fact that it is a huge election year not only in south africa but around the world what are some of the things that people should be factoring in um you know when they are making uh, their investment decisions now for today we are joined by someone who is uh, you know no stranger uh, to the platform uh, that is ndumiso kubeka who is the chief economist um you know over at KH uh, Equity Research Partners. Um, formerly, you know, he used to go by Yandumiso Hadebe and someone who has helped us to reflect on the state of the economy on a number of occasions. And uh, we have called upon him once again, you know, to help us to do the same for today. So Ndumiso, greetings to you today. Greetings, Modiwa, and uh, thank you so much for having me. Now, thank you so much, you know, for being with us today. Um, Now, we do need to just uh, talk and reflect. One of the things that we've done with you quite a bit, you know, over the years is this, uh, you know, reflecting, um, you know, on the economy and where we are. And right now, one of the key things that uh, we wanted to get your sense on is, um, you know, now that 2023 is in the rearview mirror, you know, how is 2024 looking, you know, um, you know, from your point of view, uh, obviously you're not, uh, you're not a fortune teller, but whatever you can, uh, tell us just from whatever data that you have to say, okay, fine. We expect that 2024 is going to go like this, um, when it comes to the economy. Certainly, Modiwa. I think um, over the past couple of years, um, one of the key themes that we've seen coming out quite strongly has been the role of monetary policy in both the recovery uh, process of the global economy and the South African economy. And of course, to deal with some of the effects of geopolitical developments and tensions that have taken place over the same period, over the last four years specifically. And I think this has uh, really defined what the growth trajectory of the global economic performance and also of, of our domestic economy has really been informed by, both at the level of um, inflation and core inflation in particular, and also some priorities from an investment point of view in terms of strategic sectors of the local economy and the global economy broadly. And those tenants around inflation have certainly uh, continued to inform what 2024 will look like, at least in our view. Um, We certainly think that the transmission mechanism for monetary policy in terms of the tightening cycle to deal with the question of inflation will start to show its effects in the 2024 calendar with a gradual slowing down of growth. And as a consequence of that, uh, we also do think that um, the inflation outlook will continue to be divergent in our view and sticky in in many respects, especially in the South African context when we do consider, of course, the geopolitical developments and also the structural constraints that have a propensity to be inflationary, especially when we look at core inflation in the South African environment. And so that is a big theme that will continue to permeate over the 2024 calendar. 
and of course linked to to other aspects, um, which is a big election year, not only in South Africa, but globally. But I think we'll certainly get into how, at least in our view and in our outlook, we think it will affect the economic fortunes of our domestic economy. No, no, definitely. Now, before we get into um, matters of election, perhaps we could just uh, dig slightly deeper um, about the issue of monetary policy. And the reason I'm bringing it up is, you know, it's a in economic circles, this is a very interesting time because it's one of the few times in our um, modern history where around the world, everyone is facing the same set of challenges everyone is facing um you know increasing living costs um everyone is increase is facing increased borrowing costs as a result of trying to curtail um you know those price increases you know whether someone is in australia the united states the united kingdom south africa uh, or nigeria we are all facing this and central bankers around the world um, are facing this set, uh, same set of circumstances. What do you think of, you know, the last two to three years? Because I think for me, from the start of COVID until now, we've really tested um, the theory around what monetary policy is and what monetary policy, um, you know, is meant to do. And on my side, you know, I feel like we've put a lot of pressure on central bankers to try and um, curtail inflation using you know the tools at their disposal which is primarily restricting money supply and the interest rates and honestly speaking you know with a cocktail of issues that are outside of you know those you know those two modalities uh, am i am i alone in feeling that perhaps uh, monetary policy is not enough you know sometimes to truly deal um with the curse of inflation Indeed, Mudiwa, I think there's been a lot of uh, responsibility and burden that has been placed on the role of monetary policy to deal with the, the adverse effects of inflation and, of course, lack of growth. But I think what it also um, has revealed to us in terms of the learnings as we look into 2024 is then the greater role of what fiscal policy needs to do in terms of aiding some of the effects of, for instance, cost push inflation that we see coming through, either it being driven by idiosyncratic factors that we see taking place in the market or any other factors, for, for example. And this is also coupled with uh, what is then the fiscal position of governments um, whether, in be, whether it be in the African context or just uh, across global economies. And that has revealed an important insight in terms of when dealing with the question of inflation, central bankers can do what they need to do in terms of the, uh, the applicable and the available instruments at their disposal, but there needs to be a greater role around what fiscal policy can do to have a more synchronized approach to dealing with the question of inflation, but also trying to really stimulate um, uh, further growth um, of, of, of local economies. And so this, I think, is, a, is an important insight because what we've also seen right now especially with the theme around having interest rates higher for longer. It has had specific um, effects, even when we look at M&A activity, where given the higher uh, interest for longer, it has had specific consequences when it comes to the acquisitions of, of certain assets and what it means to then create value in an environment whereby in the business cycle that we're in, it suggests inflationary, 
but there are also pro prospects of positive green shoots. So it's almost a, a bit of a gray area in terms of what we then need to do at the level of monetary policy, but also how does fiscal policy enable that kind of support to drive that growth in the real economy as well. And so that I think as we look ahead into 2024 as core inflation, um, I think in the US is then we're looking at it trending uh, more downwards. Um, and of course, looking at our own local situation in the South African economic environment with weak demand, um, uh, core inflation, especially with food inflation re remaining relatively elevated in, in, in many respects, when looking at the export of commodities and the, and the constraints that we're seeing when it comes to um, the, the transportation blockages that we're seeing at our ports. I think all of those effects then play a role in terms of what we need to do to, to then uh, um, deal with the question of inflation, which then adds the question of um, institutional quality. So we've spoken about the question of monetary policy and central bankers, um, looking at what we also can do at the level of fiscal policy, but then the quality of institutions that really facilitate the trade activity that we're seeing in the economy also becomes an important factor. And there we're talking about issues of effective governance that enables the kind of efficiencies that we need to see in the market. And so those, I think, when we reflect on the past three years and looking at the inflation expectations for 2024 are quite important to put those uh, themes at the table when we're looking at how to respond to some of these issues. Yeah, no, it is quite an interesting uh, you know, place to be in. And I like the fact that you do highlight the fact um, that uh, we need to place, you know, greater responsibility on the fiscal side of the equation, you know, to say that monetary policy needs to uh, walk hand in hand with fiscal policy. And a lot of governments, um, you know, have been tested quite a bit, um, including South Africa's government. And perhaps that's a good place for us to get into the fact that, uh, we do find ourselves in an election year. I think you alluded to the fact that uh, this is a big election year, not only in South Africa, uh, but around the world. And um, I believe that uh, some of the stats that I've read uh, recently say that, uh, you know, about uh, 75 uh, countries are going to be they're going to be 75 elections rather um you know this year and about 15 of those are happening um on the african continent so you know in in many parts of the world south africa and i think the us is another election that people are going to be watching from your purview you know how do we how do we read the situation um because i know that in terms of business sometimes people take a um, start being a bit dovish with their capital allocation uh, just before an election, taking a wait and wait, uh, a watch and wait type of approach, and then uh, once a new government comes in, you know they then decide to say, okay, fine, this is how we're moving because of who has come into, um, you know, come into power. Without a doubt, without a doubt, Mudiwa, um, this is indeed a, a big election year. Um, around two billion people around the globe. Uh, our prospective voters. Uh, from a South Africa perspective, the key markets that have a direct impact in terms of the outcomes for us are the likes of the US and India uh, specifically. And of course, from an asset allocation point of view, um, it certainly is a, a, a wait and see type of approach, um, specifically because uh, uncertainty becomes elevated in this environment. 
especially when we look at the fiscal position of many governments, both in South Africa and across the continent, where the question of public debt is a key theme. And of course, public debt that unfortunately is not always uh, accompanied by elevated levels of GDP growth. And so when you when politicians are faced with that kind of conundrum, um, and an electioneering is focused on really increased spending to really drive positive sentiment around uh, from pros- prospective voters. It creates those constraints, and then it becomes quite interesting in terms of how then governments would then respond to the pressures that uh, uh, policymakers and politicians are faced with from a spending uh, point of view to really woo voters, but at the same time with the constraints that are associated with elevated public debt levels that have been on an upward trajectory over the last while. So these are always issues that, um, from an asset allocation point of view, becomes uh, at the forefront in terms of what should it look like to 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 really allocate capital, especially when when we're looking at um, tactical asset allocation over this period, those are the key themes that that, that come to mind. And 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 finally, I think there there are other issues when you look at what does that mean when it comes to uh, globalization, given these elections that have taken place. In, in, in previous years, Mudiwa, we had been um, uh, discussing issues such as uh, countries that are increasingly becoming inward looking and what that means for trade and investment activity and what the, also that means for foreign policy. And um, we are also seeing when it comes to uh, the globalization effects is even when it comes to manufacturing or, or trade activity specifically, having some activity moving also from China to more the likes of the Vietnams and the Philippines and so forth and Taiwan and what have been the uh, supply implications when it comes to various value chains across the globe. And so these elections are going to really inform what that trade activity would look like in meaningful ways. And I think for for companies that are uh, producers of specific products, um, this this election year will be quite a massive implication when it comes to the dependencies of their value chains and what it means for diversification to really bridge the, the associated risks when it comes to the supply of their products in this instance. In a South African uh, context, Ndumiso, um, do you think, because right now I think one of the biggest things that uh, people are talking about is the fact that uh, the ANC might find itself dropping, you know, just below 50% um, or, you know, in the same breath that we might see more of a coalition government type of situation coming in. Uh, Perhaps for the uninitiated, someone who doesn't really follow politics like that, uh, how does something like that affect how businesses operate? Um, you know, because someone might think, oh, okay, cool. You might, these are just uh, parties working together in certain municipalities or certain metros. Uh, you know, is that really something that's going to affect me and my business and how we operate? The, the South African election year in, in our context, um, places, uh, a, a very interesting conundrum for, for business people and, of course, asset allocators, especially because when we look at a base case of uh, municipalities and metros and how coalitions have worked in, in those instances, it does not necessarily uh, signal uh, positive indicators in terms of what a coalition government at a national level would look like. 
And so in as much as the, 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 there's been some increased um, uh, demand for some kind of change and so forth, um, there are certain risks that are associated based on the local government scenario that are associated with coalition politics. Um, and it, it would seem by all indications that um, it, it, it's somewhat of, of a likely prospect in this instance. So one would then hope that uh, some of the learnings, if it, it, it is indeed the case, some of the learnings at the level of local government can then be integrated in terms of how political parties organize themselves at the level of coalitions, um, what does decision-making look like, um, and really what does uh, uh, cooperative governance in meaningful ways look like to ensure that there's the confidence that is required in terms of South Africa's uh, at a fiscal policy level, in terms of cooperative governance, and of course, other assets that um, uh, long-term investors are invested in um, in the South African economy. So it, in Mudiwa, it is indeed a quite uncertain year for South African politics. And I think even asset allocators, even other central bankers from around the world who are invested in South African assets um, are looking quite, um, um, quite acutely at this particular question. And it will be quite interesting then, therefore, how, how, how it will also translate in, in our context. Um, even also when you add the question of the role of artificial intelligence that we've seen an accelerated introduction of it in many respects in the market quite recently and whether or not it will play a role when it comes to electioneering um, with, with misinformation and disinformation as highlighted by the recent global risks report by the World Economic Forum and how that would then take shape from a policy point of view and what is communicated to voters and what is communicated to markets. So um, I think the first half of 2024 because of the election period will certainly signal elevated levels of volatility um, across uh, uh, asset classes and, of course, in the real economy when it comes to investment as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, I certainly do agree with you. Um, you know, a lot of these issues are coming to the fore. Like you said, the World Economic Forum um, are highlighting the risks that are um, associated with uh, misinformation and disinformation. Um, um, we are recording this uh, on the on the 18th of January. Um, yesterday, the 17th, which was a Wednesday, Samsung released its latest crop of um, Galaxy S24 phones. And the big focus there is AI you know, and the type of AI that could mm. be used, you know, on a consumer level, you know, to paint a not so accurate picture of someone's reality, um, you know, in the main. So these things are already happening and taking form, um, you know, even at a, a consumer device level. Now, uh, being cognizant of time, um, just some parting words from yourself, um, especially as someone who is, you know, closely tied with the world of investments. Um, when the dust is settled, elections are done and people have sort of uh, gotten their, their footing. Um, do we see a return, you know, to equity markets? Uh, do we stay, you know, in fixed income? Like, how are you seeing, you know, that part of the equation? Maybe quickly, um, you know, before we let you go into MISO. Well, in our view, um, this really falls around um, the tactical asset allocation um, that would, uh, in our outlook over the, I think in our instance, we have a, a medium term outlook when it comes to some of these assets, um, specifically because um, tactical asset allocation accounts or explains around 93% of the valuation of quarterly returns in our portfolios. So when you look at the South African currency, when we uh, over the over the last period, 
we do think right now it's a, it's what it's at one of its uh, highest levels that we've also seen um, and we do think that over the, the the medium term there will be an improvement or strengthening of of the rand um over the medium term um equity markets in the second half of the year i think there certainly will be uh, improvements and quite some attractive assets um in the south african uh, market specifically especially after the the, the domestic uh, elections in this instance um when it comes to bonds um, so the interesting thing is that we've seen allocators um, drawing themselves more to, to uh, the fixed income market as a historical, reliable sort of asset class when it comes to uncertain uh, periods in the, in, in the economy, both global and locally. And so we think that theme will certainly continue um, as well as we look ahead into 2024 and, of course, beyond. So that's been it for today, uh, you know, just fascinating reflecting on uh, the year that was and uh, where we could possibly be going in uh, 2024. Obviously, the inflation and interest rate uh, situation is something uh, that a lot of people will continue to be monitoring, whether we're talking government businesses or consumers, it is a huge issue. And, um, you know, to be good to do a study of some sort just around, uh, you know, where fiscal policy has been able to be aligned uh, with uh, the monetary policy side of things as we spoke about earlier on uh, governments around the world central bankers around the world are grappling uh, with these uh, you know similar challenges so who has been able to do things well or who has been um, you know found them found themselves to have aligned on a good um, you know on a good basis that will be or something to to watch and then as we get into elections hopefully uh, things settle as as we get a little bit more certainty on this issue still uh, awaiting uh, an official date on when these things are going to happen but hopefully by the end of the year um, you know things would have settled um, we would have uh, had a better a better track record when it comes to monetary policy and also hoping that uh, some of uh, the issues around energy you know and other such uh, such impediments uh, that have been uh, driving up costs you know would have been solved you know on that front so that's where we end off uh, we're talking to Ndumiso uh, Kubega who is the chief economist over at KH Research Equity Partners Ndumiso thank you so much for being with us today thanks so much Matira And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from us and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.